Hey guys, I wanted to share something really cool with you. We've been launching our Pain to Purpose course in churches all over the world now. And it's been amazing to see how people are finding hope and healing in the midst of their trauma through this course being offered at their local church. First of all, I just want to celebrate that. And secondly, I wanted to let you know how you can partner with us to get the course launched at your church too. I know most of you listening to this may not be a pastor or church leader, but chances are, if you're not one, you know one. What you may not know is how overwhelming it can be for pastors to walk so many people through pain and trauma in their church. In fact, most pastors that I speak with on a regular basis feel pretty ill-equipped for the task of helping people navigate the difficult stories and tragedies of their life. And many of their congregants are facing it in overwhelming numbers. What we're passionate about here at Nothing Is Wasted is helping churches feel equipped in engaging pain and trauma, which we know will ultimately lead to transformation and healing for the people in their congregation and for their church as a whole. So if you're a pastor, I want to invite you to join me and our local church director, Ken Roberts, on a Zoom call that we hold twice a month just for pastors and church leaders. If you know a pastor, I'd love for you to get this information into their hands. This interactive Zoom call will give you the opportunity to hear from other pastors how the Pain to Purpose course has positively impacted their churches. And we're going to give you resources and tools that will lighten your load and the load of your church staff. And we'll show you how we'd love to help you as you're helping the people within your congregation heal. Because we're passionate about the same thing that you are. People moving through their pain and stepping into mission in their local church and in your community. If you're not a pastor, why not share this incredible opportunity with your pastor? Let your pastor know about this call so they can learn more about the ways Nothing Is Wasted wants to partner with them in bringing hope and healing to your church. So to sign up for the next Zoom call, go to nothingiswasted.com slash pastors, and there you can choose a date to join us when it's most convenient for you. Now, if you're not a pastor, this link, nothingiswasted.com slash pastors, is an easy one to send to your local church leaders with a note about how Nothing Is Wasted Ministries has personally impacted your own healing journey. Now, as someone who has served as a pastor and as someone who has walked through unimaginable trauma, I know that a key part of revival within the body of Christ is going to come from how we as the church step into the pain and trauma of those who are hurting. Let me help you find a clear, proven path with ready-made tools and resources for your church body. Pastor, I really feel like this Zoom call is exactly what you've been looking for in serving your church more effectively in their pain. Sign up today at nothingiswasted.com slash pastors or share that link with your pastor and let's partner with God in helping others move from pain to purpose. Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello and welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Davey Blackburn. And joining me is one of your other hosts, Aubrey Sampson. This is a big episode I get to be here for, Davey. It's a massive episode, Aubrey. Oh my gosh. Guess what? Happy 300th episode. Happy 300th episode. Davey. Can you believe it? No. And I, I wasn't going to ask you that because you've been here, obviously, since day zero, ground zero, day one. Goodness. How does it feel for you to be saying 300 episodes? It, it feels surreal. Yeah. I would have never guessed when yeah. we started this that we would be 300 episodes deep one day. Come on. How many not, years? Not a chance How in the many world. years has it taken to get to 300? 
June of 2017 was okay. our very first Look at that. episode. So, and and until 2000, the beginning of 2019, so from June of 2017 all the way to the end of 2018, we were releasing one episode every other week. Oh, wow. Okay. So we were in kind of a snail's pace yep. because it was while I was still pastoring the church yep. and we just didn't have the capacity sure. by any means to be able to keep producing yeah. episodes. And then in 2019, when we stepped away from the church and we started doing this full time, we were like, well, one of the things we've got to do is double down on the mm, podcast. Smart. Release one every week. And here we are. Unbelievable. God is good. Like that is the faithfulness of God and the faithfulness of your obedience and Christy's obedience and all the yeah. incredible team. Can I yeah. share some of this data? Because this is kind of Yeah, cool. absolutely. It is really cool. Because most people would be like, well, what does that mean? 300 episodes. That represents 300 stories. And think That's about right. that. Stories of hope and healing in the midst of suffering and pain. Right. Like I, mm. you know, I don't know. Like, let's just pause there and say, praise Jesus, right? And then mm. this part's the part that's crazy to me, Davey. 2.3 million downloads. Yeah. That means 2.3 million people have downloaded episodes and listened to them. No, I don't get that. And that means that actually, that number started at the beginning of 2019. Oh, that's right. All the stuff in 2018, 17, we don't even have even, data for that. Yeah. It wasn't even. Wow. So that number started then. So it could be, you know, it, it'd be more than that at some point. We don't know what that is. Yeah. But isn't that wild? It's awesome. It's so awesome. God is it's so incredible, good. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and what's really cool about it is you're right. It's these stories. Mm. And it's these stories that it keeps, it keeps blowing my mind, first of all. The type, like the, the the stories that we get, you know, the yeah. stories that we begin yeah. that we're able to tell. I mean, it's I I'm in awe. Right. Every time I'm doing an interview, you're doing an interview. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. The other thing I'm in awe about is how far reaching this is. Mm-hmm. We will meet people that randomly have listened to our podcast. Yes. I mean, you were telling me, Aubrey. Yes. Can I tell the story? I was yes, in I was do. in Dominican Republic on a mission trip with fr- some friends, sitting at a restaurant, met some people from the Dominican, you know, connected to the ministry. But not me. It wasn't like they knew me or knew my people. But they were like, we're just asking questions, talking about what we do. And my friend Chris, who knows them, said, oh, you should listen to Aubrey's podcast sometime. It's called Nothing Is Wasted. She does it with another pastor named Davey. And they were both like, wait, what? Nothing is... Wait. And all of a sudden, they're putting together, oh, you're Aubrey <laughs> Sampson. Oh, Davey. Oh, Bla-. my And gosh. here are two Dominicans <laughs> who like literally are not in my world until this very moment. And the Lord had brought them to Nothing Is Wasted. So that was cool. It's wild. Yeah, that it's was wild. really cool. We've we've met someone in, in Mexico. I remember Christy and I were on a, well, we were on our honeymoon and someone randomly came up to us at the resort Mm-mm. and was like, hey, I'm a listener of the podcast. And we're stop. like, stop. What? Stop. <laughs> it was Stop. wild. Well, what's even funnier is that it was actually in the bathroom. So no, like this woman sees Christy in the bathroom no, and goes, Oh my gosh, I listen to nothing. <laughs> oh, that's awkward. That's weird. Very awkward. That's, I but I mean, I that's so, so cool. Did you yeah. say you had another person that came up to you and said, I love listening to you and I love I love listening to you and Stevie so much. Stevie. I, was, <laughs> I was speaking at a Barna event, the resilient pastor event, and this bless his heart. He's a faithful listener, so he's probably listening. That's that's amazing. But he That's came up amazing. and said he loved the podcast, loved the ministry, and loves me and Stevie Listen, so much. And I just didn't. You just made him. my she or, or he or whoever this yeah, was he. made my day. When yeah, you said that because that's been our aim is like that people don't know. My, I, mean, I know. I'm sorry. I'm sobering up the moment, but people don't know my name. They <laughs> right. don't know your name. They right. know the name of Jesus. That's the That's whole right. point of this That's entire right. Amen. podcast. 
Yeah. And believe me, I've been called worse. So um, it's Aubrey and Stevie <laughs> Aubrey, right here. The Aubrey and Stevie show. It actually, is catchier. Stevie's than, a little catchier than Davey. Stevie Blackburn. <laughs> yeah, there might be a future for you though. Hey, for the 300th oh episode, goodness. we have an amazing guest. Goodness, don't we? Like wow. America's pastor is on the show America's today. America's pastor. Literally, that's what he's I've called. I've always America's said pastor. if I had a Mount Rushmore of pastors, he would definitely be on this. He would be on it. Yeah. He would be on it. Max yeah, Lucado. Max Lucado. Did I just ruin right. the fender? You were supposed to say it for the 300. No, no, you didn't ruin it at all. I was trying to figure out how to tee up the like Lucado, Lucado kind of controversy. Tomato, because, tomato. Yeah. yeah what do you because say? people pronounce it. Well, in the interview, I actually asked him that question. Oh, yeah. so we'll find So we out cleared up right says. out of the gate, right out of the gate. I thought I was being cute and clever and he was like, yeah, I get asked that question all the time. He was I'm probably like, like, this is annoying. Oh man. I thought it was like a, nobody's ever asked him this. <laughs> a cutting edge journalist getting to the bottom of Mystery that everybody has wanted this to know. Is a gotcha question. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so you're not going to oh, tell man. me. I'll, we'll have to wait until after. I'm not telling to you. You have to listen. That's Lucado right. And afterwards, that's right. And and Aubrey and I are going to stick around afterwards. We're going to have some more yeah. conversation about this interview with Max Lucado. But um, I'm kind of giving it away right now. But you got to hear a story. He's got a funny story about okay. how something he did with this. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't know who Max Lucado is, um, you're going to get to know him here yeah. in a second. Prolific. Author, author. yeah, America's pastor, yeah, and uh, this, he has a book that he's just released called "God Never Gives Up on You," mm. and it's the story of Jacob, which I love. So yeah, you do love the about, Jacob story. Oh, yeah, I love the Jacob story, and it's so I think crucial to our uh, grieving mm. journeys, our healing journeys. Yeah. So uh, the subtitle: What Jacob's Story Teaches Us About Grace, Mercy, and God's Relentless Love. Mm. It is an incredible book, an incredible interview. Stick around afterwards if you want to um, hear what Aubrey and I have to say about it. Yep. And also, if you're looking to take a next step, if this is maybe you're new to the ministry or yeah. you're just looking to kind of get get your toes in the water a little bit more, you're looking for how you can begin your healing journey, I want to invite you on a Zoom call that I do every once in a while. It's you know sometimes twice a month, sometimes once a month. Yep. Um, but it's you can register at nothingiswaste.com slash start here. And it is the Zoom call is called Five Steps to Taking Back Your Story No Matter What You've Gone Through. Yeah, it's so worthwhile. It's so worth your time if you're new to Nothing Is Wasted. Yeah. It's really good. Really good. So, all right, let's listen to my conversation with Max Licato. Well, Max Licato, it is such an honor to have you on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Davey. It's a great, great privilege. Thanks for allowing me these moments to chat. You know, I always thought if I could ever have a conversation with you, it seems really trite right now, but I would, the first question I would ask would be Lucado or Lucado. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been asked that before, but that's the thing that spins around in my head. <laughs> I'm asked that all the time. There's a funny story about that, Davey. It's, this, it's been quite a few years now, but a friend invited me to come to his office mm. one Christmas and uh, speak at their Christmas luncheon. And it was a, some kind of financial office. And uh, a, a, a lady saw me and she said, hey, I've read your books. And she began taking me around the office, introducing me to all of the people in the office, and she was introducing me as Max Lucado every time. Max Lucado, <laughs> Max Lucado. Well, she was such so enthusiastic and talking so fast that I couldn't correct her. And you know, after she had said it seven or eight times, 
I couldn't bring myself to correct her. Well, finally, <laughs> one one person said, uh, oh, you're Max Licato after she had said it. And he, and he said, I always thought it was Licato. <laughs> and I didn't know what to do, Davey. I didn't. I thought, I don't want to embarrass her. So um, I lied. <laughs> I said, it's Licato. It's the only time in my whole uh, life I've done that. I, I just... I just didn't know what to do. That's amazing. That's amazing. But it doesn't matter. I go by. <laughs> You'll answer to both now, I guess, these days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, for, let's set the record straight. It is Max Lucado, and uh, man, we're we're so honored to have you joining us. You're a prolific author. You're a pastor. You know, you've been a, a major voice in my own story personally, as well as so many others who are listening to this and watching this. And so we're honored to have you on here. You've you're coming out this. The, your latest book is God Never Gives Up on You. And it's it, the subtitles, what Jacob's story teaches us about grace, mercy, and God's relentless love. I love the fact that you have written now on Jacob because it's something that I, no pun intended, wrestle with quite a bit. We talk about it a lot in our ministry about the importance of wrestling with God, especially in the deep, dark, the dark night of the soul, the tragedies that we undergo in our life, the trauma that we undergo in our life. I wonder, before we kind of step into that can you just tell me what what about your story really inspired you to begin to speak into other people's lives, their faith journeys, their relationship with Jesus? What really got you moving in that direction? You know, I um, I was I was uh, drunk uh, when I was uh, twenty years of age. I was I was about a six pack a night guy. Mm. Uh, I was a trouble. I was I was not the guy that any dad or mom would want their daughter to date. I was not respectful of authority, not respectful of of ladies, uh, and uh, I was a kind of a tough dude, fighter. Pretty sold on myself. I was raised in West Texas around cowboys and football, and I yeah. just was kind of Mister Macho. And I was a mess. I was a mess. Alcoholism is the blight in our family tree. And uh, my brother died as a result of alcoholism. And wow. I'm, I'm, I don't have any way of knowing for sure, but I, I feel pretty confident that I would have uh, followed in, in on that same track. And um, my dad said that uh, if if I wanted help with college tuition, I had to go to a Christian college. Mm. Well, I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid, you know. So I, <laughs> and there was a college nearby, a great school called Abilene Christian University. Yeah. And uh, this was back in the 1970s. And uh, so I went, and part of the requirement was to take Bible courses, uh, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yeah. And uh, I had just the greatest Bible teacher, just the greatest, greatest Bible teacher who who had a genuine love for the Lord. And that was contagious. And my life began, my heart began to soften. My life began to change. And so uh, that's a very long answer to your very mm. good question. But I've always had a heart for people who, like me, just really blew it. Uh, just, mm. just, just really were screwing life up. Even though I had a great parents, even though I had a great small town, I grew up in nothing. To, I couldn't blame my environment. I had every opportunity in the world, but I was on the verge of, of, of really blowing it. Wow. And uh, and so the grace of God is is what wrecked me, yeah, that, that he could forgive a jerk like me, mm -hmm. uh, really uh, shook me up. 
and it had its intended impact on me. And so I, I, I think that's why I've been a real, uh, that's kind of, that's been my message for wow. people that that God really doesn't give up on us. The title of this book that He yep. really pursues us and loves us, and and uh, so so that's that's where a lot of my world comes from. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment to connect you with a free resource that I know will be helpful in your pain to purpose journey. It's our free seven day devotional that you can sign up for right. Now, with this devotional, you'll get seven daily devotions that I wrote. We'll deliver them directly to your inbox each morning for seven days. These are adapted from our Pain to Purpose 42-day devotional and are full of daily scripture readings, questions to reflect upon, and prayer prompts to help you focus your heart. If you're looking for some encouragement in whatever you're facing, this is it. And listen, the best part about it, it's completely free. All you have to do is go to Devo. Dot nothingiswasted.com. Again, that's D-E-V-O dot nothingiswasted.com to sign up for this seven-day devotional. Now, I don't know your story, but what I do know is that God isn't done with it. Whether you've endured a recent loss, a divorce, an unexpected diagnosis, or some other painful reality, God wants to give you hope when it seems like all hope is lost. Let's take seven days together to find that hope in whatever you're walking through. Sign up today at devo.nothingiswasted.com. said it, it it's threaded so much in the story of Jacob and then the book that you have written on this on, on this bible character and 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 what's really uh, you know we we as we minister and interact with people we find that there are a lot of people especially in the deep dark places of their life where they feel like God has abandoned them where he's not there you know and they they just wonder where is he showing up in in my story where is he showing up in my life and especially when you seem to be the perpetrator of your own pain. There's mm. a, there's so much shame that, you know, we talk about four perpetrators of pain a lot in our ministry, our own sinful choices, other people's sinful choices. The fact that we live in a fallen and broken world under the curse of sin and spiritual attack, those seem to be the four major buckets that pain kind of stems from. And But when you get that one where it's like what you're talking about, that I, maybe I'm the reason, I'm the culprit here for why I'm experiencing this kind of pain. It can be very difficult to come up out of that. How do you, how do you, as you're talking to people, as you're ministering, as you're writing for people who have experienced that kind of pain, which we all have, right? We all fall short of the glory of God, but how do we get out from underneath that shame to really step into the fullness of what God has for us? Mm. I think those four sources, I don't think I've ever heard it presented like that. Mm. I think that to, it really seems thorough. I'm trying to think of anything else. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and in the story of Jacob, uh, he, he is this picture of a person to whom God uh, had made a covenant. Mm. Uh, and, and the covenant was really made to his grandfather, Abraham, that God would bless the world through, his, through Abraham's lineage. And that included Jacob. So God never abandoned that covenant. 
and I think really core to our understanding of of God is the fact that he's a covenant-keeping God, he's a promise-keeping God, and he knows the end from the beginning. And for him, a promise is not a desire, it's a decree, it's, mm. a, it's a declaration. And so he's declared this. Now, Jacob did not have to have the hurts and the pain that he had in life. Yeah. Uh, he, he, he endured uh, many of these uh, seasons of isolation and struggle because of poor choices that he made. He, brought, he did bring those on to himself, like I brought on to myself uh, many of the struggles that I had and, and the struggles that I have had in, in, in my life. But the covenant that God made, the big, loyal covenant that God made, um, I, I, I wonder uh, if a, 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 an analogy, tell me if this works. If it doesn't, mm. I'll apologize for it. <laughs> but I, I, I think a, a healthy marriage can be a covenant, a picture mm. of, of God's covenant. Because when, um, when two people say, I'm going to stick with you regardless, then that takes the fear of the ejection seat or the sneaking out the back door out of the picture. Yeah. We're, we're going to fight through this together. We're going to stick through this together. And that, that uh, there's still going to be tension. There's still going to be grumpiness. There's still going to be challenges bad days, good days, sickness, and, and so forth. There's still going to be uphill battles, yeah. but the promise is still there. The promise is still there. And I, I, I think that's what uh, Jacob models, mm. what God models for us in the life of Jacob. Jacob yeah. fumbled and stumbled really more than he stood or, 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 or prog- made progress. And yet the promise of God was there every mm. time. And he, he was faithful. He was faithful uh, in the end. Wow, that's so good. Yeah, you know, we we referenced this a little bit earlier in the conversation just about this pivotal moment, this critical juncture in Jacob's life where he wrestled with God. It seems like that was quite a pivot in his own life. I'm really curious, maybe this is a twofold question. What When you look at that passage and you you study it, what are the major things that you draw from that passage in terms of, that altercation between, you know, God, Jacob, yeah. and and then and then what does that what does that mean for us? Especially when we get to these places where we're wrestling with God, and and I say it with this context, Max, we're continually telling people in their pain, we're encouraging. We as a, as a ministry, we're saying, hey, listen, wrestle with God in this pain. Don't mm-hmm. don't take the questions that you inevitably have, tuck them in your back pocket, and run away from God. Take these really difficult questions to God. Wrestle with Him. So how? As you look at that passage, how can that maybe um, uh, color that that uh, that challenge that we have for people in the middle of their pain? Well, Jacob was the second born of a set of twins. Uh, the older was Esau. Mm-hmm. He swindled Esau out of the birthright. He lied to his father ran away because Esau wanted to kill him, spent 20 years in Mesopotamia, racking up a whole new series of stories Mm. that are both convicting and entertaining. And then to get back to Canaan, God told him to go back to Canaan. In order to go back home, he had to pass through the territory of Esau. By this point, Esau was a baron of sorts. He had about 400 militiamen. 
And so he didn't know if his brother was going to hug him or strangle him. The night before his encounter with Esau is when this mysterious uh, transcendent moment occurred. It's just, I, I really list it. It's, it makes my short list of the short, the, you forced me to choose the five most fascinating moments in the Bible. Mm. And Jacob wrestling with God in the mud of Jabbok would be one of them. Wow. Jacob, in Jacob fashion, sends his family across the river. <laughs> so I guess they could be a buffer in case Esau's in a bad mood. <laughs> and he stays back. And we're not told why. He, he, we, just, he just, we just know he's there. And so he's spending the night on the banks of the river, and this stranger pounces on him. And stranger is, is a word that some translations use. It's this person, this being, pounces on him. And all night long they wrestle. Slippery, muddy, wet, sweaty bodies, rolling, turning, pinning, pulling, grappling, uh, pinhold. One, one thing after all night long they wrestle. And there comes the point as the sun begins to break that uh, Jacob thinks that he's going to come out on top. And just when he thinks he is going to come out on top, this stranger who Jacob himself later identifies as God just touches him on the hip and uh, leaves him with a limp the rest of his life. And and there's a interesting little play on words in the Hebrew I came to learn mm. that not only did it mess with his hip, it messed with his manhood. And mm. so he was really left uh, with the rest of his life remembering how he wrestled with God. And the wow. minute he thought that he had God pinned down, God pinned him down. But the minute that uh, he thought that God pinned him down, God did this. God said, now, what is your name? What is your name? And and we know that the name Jacob, there's a evolution of the name that goes right. back to mean cheat or, or fraud or trickster. Right. And to me, it seems, Davey, I may be wrong, but it seems to me that God is saying, now, who are you? And Jacob is saying, you know, I've been a cheat. I've been working the system. Hmm. You know, I've been running from the truth all this time. And so, and so Jacob acknowledges that that this wrestling that he owns, he finally owns up to some of this himself. And the minute he does, God says, okay, I'm going to change your name. And you're not going to be called Jaco, or you're not going to be called Cheat anymore. I'm going to call you Israel, Israel. And there are people who are a lot smarter than I am who are still trying to understand all the you know, <laughs> significance of the name Israel. But the one right. thing that I like about the name is it can mean doesn't have to mean, but it can mean the God who fights, Yeah, the God who fights. It can mean I fought with God, mm-hmm. but it also can mean the God who fights. Mm-hmm. You know, I may be just disclosing my bias here, Davey, yeah. but it seems to me God is saying, okay, Jacob, you've admitted that you've, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've confessed. But from now on, I'm going to be the God who fights for wow. you. Wow. It's just a beautiful, mystical, wonderful moment. For the rest of his life, he said, God fought for me. What's your name? Oh, God fights and gives him some mayor cards. Says, my, my, my name is the God who fights. And it was it was that inflection point in his life. And he was, yeah, yeah changing forever. Wow, wow. You, you know, know something about inflection points, yeah. don't you? Yeah, I do. And 
so many people who are listening to this and watching this do as well. You know, they've all stepped into, and just like the human experience, these before and after kind of moments where you know, my, my life has been marked by this incident or this moment or this choice or this, you know. Mm. Hey friend, I just want to take a quick moment to let you know about something we offer here at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries. Now listen, Nothing Is Wasted is not just this podcast that you've been enjoying, full of stories of hope and healing in the midst of difficult and painful valleys. We're also a ministry with unending resources that can help you move forward on your healing journey from whatever pain you've experienced in life. We've got pain to purpose course, master classes, curated pathways around specific pain points, an online community, and so much more. But if you're just getting started on the path of healing and you're interested in learning more about how you can even begin to untangle your pain, I want to invite you to our free live five steps to taking back your story Zoom call. And I'll just be sharing some practical steps that you can take right here, right now to move from the hurt and trauma you've walked through and into deeper healing. You and I will be able to engage with each other, you'll be able to ask questions and learn what it looks like to start taking back your story. Now it's completely free, but it may just be the step that God uses to begin in you a journey of deeper hope and healing no matter what you faced. All you got to do is sign up at nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here. And join me as a first step to taking back your story no matter what you've gone through. Now listen, there is very real pain and loss that is threatening to keep you discouraged and despairing, but it doesn't have to be that way. Let me give you some practical hope that I've learned in my own pain and suffering after losing my wife, Amanda, in 2015. I found that the only way out of despair is going right through it, and life is too short to stay in your pain. We don't want to waste this, so I want to invite you to join me for our next free live Zoom call by signing up at nothingiswasted.com slash start here and let the healing journey begin in your life. Nothingiswasted.com slash start here. I wonder if you can pastorally, practically, you know, there are people who are listening to this, they're going, okay, I've, I have messed up it's taken everything for me to even believe what you're saying and that God can use me. How do I position myself to be used by God? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm in that wrestling point right now, you know, where that's, and they're saying, what, what do I do if I want to be used by God, even though I've made such a mess of my life? I was, um, I'm 68 years old as you and I have this conversation. When I was 50 years old, uh, I, entered what would be perceived by many as really a golden season of ministry. Mm. Our church had just moved onto new property. Uh, We had uh, a brand new sanctuary. Uh, We were able to pay for it and had very little debt. It filled. uh, It was growing. Uh, I was writing books. Uh, I was uh, churning out children's books. Mm. Uh, I was just Mr. Superstar, super cool. And uh, even so much so that, that the magazine Christianity Today decided to do a profile on me, and they entitled it America's Pastor. I've never wanted that moniker, but that's where the, the, they put that on there. What nobody knew, Davey, is that my world was coming apart. Mm. Uh, our staff was splintered a thousand directions. Uh, there were yelling matches in leadership meetings 
Wow. Uh, there were missives instead of emails being sent back and forth. Uh, people were fighting for budget dollars. There was competition. It was a total mess. And their senior pastor, a.k.a. Max, mm-hmm. was too busy building his own you know, reputation to solve the issues and deal with the problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I resented my own staff. I didn't want to even talk to them. It was if if we had had a the, one of these staff health management tools that they have these days, yeah. we would have we would have registered south of toxic. It was a mess. Wow. So here's what America's pastor does when he's under stress. I started to drink. Mm. I would go across town to a convenience store and uh, buy those large cans of beer, and I'd put it in a brown paper bag, and I'd go out and I'd sit in the parking lot. And I would, to use the phrase uh, that you often hear, I would take the edge off the day. Mm. That's what America's pastor does. Wow. So, so to me, that was my inflection point. Yeah. David. yeah. That was me right there. That was one of those points where, as I look back, I could have gone this way and ended up in that situation or gone this way and ended up in that situation. Wow. I, I don't want to sound super spiritual right now because <laughs> I'm very ashamed that I have this. Well, I'm not ashamed of it. I, I hate to acknowledge that, but I'm happy to acknowledge that. But I, I, I think God talked to me one, one day wow. in the car, in the parking lot while I was drinking one of those big cans. I think I heard him say, do you see what you're doing? Wow. Do you see where you're heading? And my response was, I've got it all under control. I'm all right. It's going to be fine. I've got it all under control. And then I sensed the Lord say, if you got it all under control, why are you sitting in a convenience store parking lot hiding? I didn't even want to go home. I didn't even want to go home. Uh, and and so that's the mess I had made. I, I was a Jacob. I, I was a, and it was a Jacob moment. Yeah. It was a Jacob moment. The good news is that season didn't last very long. The good news is our church has a board of elders that loved me and I trusted. And so I went to them and I said, uh, it was that very week, I went to them at our weekly meeting and I said, I've got to tell you what I'm doing. I'm stressed out. I'm not sleeping at night. I'm, I'm tempted to drink again. By the way, I still like beer, <laughs> just not to treat the pain. Uh, and that, you know, they prayed for me. They said, we're going to take some stuff off your plate. We're going to reorganize a few things. And then I shared it with the whole church. I told the whole church about it. And, you know, they, they loved me through it. And it, it now is, a, is kind of a, a memory, but it's a part of my, of my story uh, that makes me appreciate uh, the Jacob moment. Uh, and and I think those moments are, are very fragile moments, yeah. and we've got to be careful during those moments, uh, lest we think that God will give up on us because He won't. He mm. won't, and He'll use those. Uh, thanks for letting me share that. I didn't ask your thank permission. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for being vulnerable and and transparent like that. Thank you. Uh, we take that as a gift, man. Like that, you would trust us with that. So thank you. Well, of course, I, you know I I. I really don't think I can bear the weight of perfectionism. Yeah. I don't do very good with that. Yeah. Uh, but 
when we talk about some of the struggles, the wounds that come into our lives by virtue of our own poor choices, that those are the kinds that that I've am very acquainted with. Wow. And wow. I wonder, you know, I know that our time is running coming to a close here, but you you made this pivot a little bit about the the church last week as the, we have this conversation, we just put on our very first round table for pastors where it's called the healing leader in partnership with the association of related churches arc. And we're starting to do more of these round tables where we're calling pastors to one, take a, an introspective look at their own pain and, and, start to walk in healing and wholeness, but also to open up and start bringing the healing conversations back into the church. You know, that there's so many hurting people that are coming into the church and allowing people to start unpacking their pain. It was a wonderful, wonderful round table, but I wonder if you can just speak for a minute or so about this, you know, in, in terms of what you see in the state of the church, especially for Christian leaders and pastors, what do they need to do to be healthy, to be whole and to be able to, um, be catalysts for that kind of a, a DNA in their church? Well, you don't want to turn the pulpit into a catharsis where every week you're telling everybody all the bad things you've done. <laughs> uh, at the same time, you you got to be authentic mm. about the challenges and the struggles that you have. Uh, I don't think anybody expects a pastor to have all the answers. Mm. And it's refreshing when the pastor admits, uh, I don't. And here's where I struggle, and here's where I need your prayers. Wow. So authenticity is a true value to pursue in the church. Uh, by nature, the pulpit, the title, the role elevates the pastor over people, and that by nature happens. And so you've got to resist that. Mm. Uh, and the more you can be accessible, honest, authentic, uh, it's 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 a you you can get by with fooling people. It yeah. would, Received perfection for about a month, but then you've got to be pretty honest. And that's that's the way it should be. That's wow. the way it should be. Wow. Hey, by the way, our staff weathered that. It did. And our staff is healthy now. Wow. And uh, the church is healthy again. And so I don't want to leave the impression that crisis happened. Really, crisis was sidestepped quickly. Yeah, it was many averted people there. didn't know about it. That's great. Uh, but, and so that's hope. That's hope for maybe some pastors who are passing through some tough times. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Well, I want to make sure that everybody gets their hands on this new book that you've you've released. What Jacob's story? Uh, well, God never gives up on you. What Jacob's story teaches us about grace, mercy, and God's relentless love, as well as every all the other books that you've written. Some of my favorites are Anxious for Nothing. You'll get through this. I mean, these are just wonderful books, especially for our community as they're walking through some deep, dark pain in their life. But Max, thanks so much for spending time with us and just being so vulnerable with your, with with your story and with and generous with your time. We we really appreciate it. I feel very honored to have had these moments with you. I hope we have some more in the future. Well, what do you think, Max? Lucado. It's officially. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Lucero Lucado, yeah. you know? Lucero Lucado. It doesn't matter. No. Okay. No, that that was a great that was a great story. I think I was I was telling you too off air that I, you know, my, with Aubrey being my name, I get called 
Audrey or Autumn or whatever. And it's sometimes you just don't know if it's worth correcting it. Like, it's just like, it's fine. It doesn't, they'll figure it out later. My niece, my niece's name is Audrey. And I'm like constantly having to flip my brain back and forth between interacting with you and interacting with her. And yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky when you know an Audrey. Very tricky. Yeah. Oh, no, but he is incredible. Uh, You know, just another fantastic conversation. Yeah. And I really appreciated his tenderness um, towards those who have shame because of their past. Oh, yeah. Because of just even his own vulnerability and his own story. Like, I think he's an yeah. empath at heart. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, thinking about that through the lens of, like, Jacob wrestling, and that yeah. was really powerful. Yeah. I mean, just as how transparent he was through the whole thing. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. what really um, struck me was mm-hmm. you kind of expect this, like, super polished presentation and he's just like hey let me lay it out there and tell you what I've dealt with and and this if this can be a warning to somebody and it was so helpful too you know I mean first of all that the story of Jacob for all of us it's it's how imperative it is to wrestle with God and to enter into that wrestling totally and to be able to drop the pretense especially with God Mm -hmm. and be like hey listen here's where I'm at and this is what I'm struggling Mm. with this is what I'm upset Mm -hmm. with you about this is what I'm yeah yeah. I just think there's such a um it's just such a critical juncture in every person's journey to get to that Absolutely. place where you can Absolutely. get extremely honest with God. And we've talked about this and yeah. you know a lot with and nothing yeah. is wasted. Um I heard a um pastor recently say you know, because it's a funny moment, right? Jacob w- wakes up and the angel's wrestling with it. It's weird, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, I think it's God, like, almost like, almost like, hey, God's like picking a fight, like, hey, hey, like, almost like a guy who like shoves another guy to get him to fight. Like, God is almost trying to like wake up Jacob to be like, know who you are, know right. who your identity is. Let's wrestle this out together. That's right. And that's a really interesting thought to think that God provoked mm. Jacob into that, wow. you know? Wow. Wow. One one of the things that um that I thought about when he was talking about this is this this idea of uh you know we it's one it's one thing to wrestle with God. I think what's important about wrestling with God is it it causes you to remain connected to the mm-hmm. vine as yeah, opposed to right. right what ha- is happening a lot right now and what people are so tempted to do when they go through pain and is that is take the questions that you have tuck them in your back pocket and walk away from God. Yeah. Totally. Because what's happening is the construct that you have of God in the middle of your pain is not, you're not able to reconcile what you've created God to be with the experiences you're going through, especially in this like vending machine, Western American Christianity. Yeah. And um, so the idea of what this does when we wrestle with God, it means that we're remaining in the vine. It's creating a perseverance or steadfastness Mm. It's what James will talk about, you know, mm. as you count it all joy under trials, he that remains or is steadfast yeah. under trial, he will receive the the crown of life. But that mm. word, I just learned this the other day, that word steadfast in the Greek actually means to remain under pressure mm. and to oh, not try to escape out from that pressure. So oh, when you man. pair that with the idea of Jacob wrestling with God and remaining under pressure and holding on yeah. and saying, I'm, I'm not letting not let go. You go unless you bless me. I'm going to yeah. remain under this kind of pressure. Imagine the kind of pressure you're experiencing when you're wrestling with God. 
It's not like Jacob. <laughs> it's not like Jacob had the upper hand here. I know that's what you kind of. The story makes it seem like there's an actual match there, and right. you're like, you know, they're not fairly matched. Yeah. But it is interesting that God even allows Jacob to like to wrestle hard. Right. You know. Right. Yeah. So it's just yeah. a it that has really stuck with me. This idea of like, okay, I'm going to remain under, under pressure. pressure. Oh, it's so hard to do that, Davey. Like, mm -hmm. I think I would so much rather escape, self-soothe, numb, avoid, like, because to Absolutely. wrestle under the pressure, I mean, we know this, right? Like, anecdotally, that's the pressings where the olive oil yep. comes from. Like, yep. we know this stuff. That's the anointing. Right. You, we've heard it preached. We know it's real. But then when you're in the midst of it and you are in that pressure and it's pressure from God yeah. and you're kind of at that boiling point, like... Oh man, it's hard to remain steadfast. So it difficult is. too. So difficult too. So mm. I think that's really just notable for all of us as we're uh, experiencing our our healing journeys and walking yeah. through each one of those. You know, the other yeah. thing that really struck me is how, again, like how vulnerable and transparent he was about his own personal uh, yeah. vices and struggles yeah. in, in ministry and yeah. struggles with alcoholism. You know, while while he's being called America's pastor, he is. Secretly hiding this in parking lots, drinking this yeah. alcohol abuse that is going on, and and I think that we this is such an epidemic where we're seeing so many pastors and leaders in ministry struggle. I think this is yeah. one of the reasons why people have so many questions that are irreconcilable, mm -hmm. seemingly. So their mm -hmm. their their leaders or the people that they revere are falling, and so they can't. Yeah. So instead of taking yeah. those questions and wrestling with God about those, again, they're kind of walking out on the church. And so you see this yeah. deconstruction happening, this mass exodus. Yeah. yeah. But we, you and I, we have a lot of empathy for pastors and church leaders. Oh. Because we're Big we're time. in it. Right? <laughs> yeah, we we are in it. And the and I think what is a strange, like a like a double whammy of this season of what you're talking about in the church is, you know, people deconstructing, people distrusting yeah. their pastors. Right. And so you've got the stress in and of itself of being a pastor in a post-pandemic world, mm -hmm. which is a whole new thing. And then, or at least in our generation, mm -hmm. it's a whole new thing. And then you've got people who you have loved and served and suddenly they distrust you. They right. question you. They're questioning your motives. They're questioning your character, right. not just your decisions, but like your value and your who you, do you really love Jesus or do you really understand decolonization? And do you, I mean, mm. and so that pressure on a pastor right now is, you know, some of it the Lord's using in wonderful ways. Right. So I don't want to totally discount it. Like yeah, the a, Holy Spirit's doing something there. It's a sifting thing. It's like, like, you know, it is a sifting Jesus thing. told yeah. Peter, Satan has asked to sift you. That's it. You know? Yeah. But it is the the pain that pastors are carrying right, right now and the isolation. Right. I do think is unique to the season. And then the difficult part is as pastors are supposed to just take it because you're a leader. Yeah. That's what leadership is. And like, in some ways, I feel like leaders and pastors can no longer be humans or image bearers. Yeah. Like you can't Shoot. be like, oh, wait, I'm hurting too. Right. You know, right. I was having a conversation. Something's messed up there. Yeah. You know, we've been doing these, we we beta tested these pastors, the pastor roundtables, the healing leader roundtable. Mm -hmm. We did one just a couple of weeks ago in, in Lynchburg, Virginia. And yeah. we had Pastor Kevin Myers there. And it, and he, he, founding pastor of Twelve Stone Church, incredible, yeah. incredible leader, pastored it for thirty five years, just turned it over to his successor, so to speak. I mean, just a phenomenal story of resilience, wow. of faithfulness. And one of the things that he said in this, um, we were talking about pastors and how they need a safe space to be able to 
uh, share with others when they experience what Ken Roberts, our friend Ken Roberts, calls calls the caution mm. zone. It's like mm. it's like before your life hits crisis zone, you're in a caution zone where it's like things wow. are sliding and slipping fast. I'm yeah. My coping mechanisms are becoming unhealthy. My yeah. You know, there's something that, and this is going to derail pretty quickly. And I would venture to say virtually every pastor, virtually every person has experienced this. The problem is, is pastors, if they experience the caution zone and it slides into crisis zone, they lose their job. Yeah, totally. If they make decisions in pr- under pressure um, that are akin to some of the same decisions that many of, many of you guys who are listening, just like, you know, lay people in church, they make the same decision you do. You don't lose your job. They lose their job. You right. know. So it's right. it's a and, very and go ahead. They lose their job and the ripple effect on the and people. then on the people and and the reputation of the church, right? Of Jesus's mm-hmm. bride. Yep. So there's an added, you know, extreme pressure that's right there. Well, one of the things he said is he said, you know, um, we have pastors who are trying to find safe spaces, but they're mm-hmm. finding safe. They're finding spaces that aren't safe because they're. They're like so done with this pressure. They're confessing sin or confessing, you know, it's like, oh man, I'm I'm scared by this thought or I'm scared by this thing that's happening to the wrong people. He -hmm. said, everybody wants to talk about David and just like, Mm -hmm. oh, wow, he confessed and he came clean. And, you know, and it's like, well, he said this, he said, but Nathan couldn't cut off David's head. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, I was like, oh my gosh, wait a minute, what? He said, the reality is, is that, pastors are lacking a Nathan mm. to be able to come to and go, I'm scared about this. They're struggling mm. with this. I'm I'm experiencing this pressure. I've got these coping mechanisms that mm. are not healthy right now. I need some yeah. help where they're, where they're not going to have to to like face this fallout right. of, okay, well, great. Well, right. now you're lo- you, you lose, you lost your, ministry, your job, you lost your fired, ministry. You, We're going to plaster yeah. this on to, you know, the local news. Social media. Social media. Yeah. And, you know, mm-hmm. and certainly there are situations where that, is necessary. It's supposed to happen, right? But there are a lot of situations where pastors are staying mum Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's very quickly sliding into Mm. demise because there isn't a, because there's not a Nathan person for them, for them to. And so, um, I talked, I told Ken Roberts, I said, Ken, you know, the work that we're doing with pastors now, we have to become a Nathan Mm. to help. And And it was like this aha moment. So, yeah. you know, it's just an incredible thing that what what God is opening the doors up for nothing is wasted ministries to do. Not only help you guys who are listening to this, just, you know, people who are dealing with trauma, tragedy, mm-hmm. major life transition, but also mm-hmm. pastors and church leaders, yeah. ministry leaders yeah. to create yeah. a holistic um, approach toward help creating healing environments. Yeah. Can you talk briefly about the podcast kind of yeah. in, in, in beta, beta so form? So in beta form, yeah. what we're doing now, and this is a great 300th episode for us to really kind of tease yeah, this, this out. Yeah, this is exciting. We think, we're not positive, we think that the first spinoff podcast that we're going to do is a podcast called The Healing Leader. It's awesome. And our plan is, is we're supposed to do between six to eight of these Healing Leader roundtables next year in 2024. Mm. Yeah. We're going to have a different legacy leader at each one. So Kevin Myers cool. was our legacy leader this last yeah. one. We'll have a different legacy leader where we do an interview. Session three is an interview. And mm. that will be banked as the content that will, the plan is right now to release that as a new podcast in fall of 2024. 
So exciting. So for Look at what God's church doing. Church leaders, pastors, ministry leaders, leaders of yeah. organizations. I mean, it's just, yeah. this is what, okay, when you're dealing with the pain in leadership, this isn't even, yeah. you know, um, a, a different kind of nuance within that. Mm. So, oh, and then we've so got plans to that. hopefully spin off other podcasts and have some. Yep. So stay tuned for that 300th episode. We've got some exciting things happening in the future. Exciting really. things coming your way. God is not done with nothing is wasted yet. Hey, we want to remind you one more time. Uh, go to, if you want to join Davey's Zoom call that he does every once in a while, five steps to taking back your store. You can find out more at nothingiswasted.com slash start here. That's for people who are new here and want to know more about the ministry of Nothing Is Wasted and want to learn what it means to take back your story. Yeah. We also have a big announcement. Aubrey, you just told me this before we went on air. Aubrey's new book, by the way, Big Feelings Days, an incredible book. We've talked about it's it so, so many times. Cute. I hope you've picked it up already. It's amazing. I hope you have too. And uh, you've got some news. Why don't you share those, the news? I have some news. Like just before Davey got on, this is so exciting. I just found out that Big Feelings Days is going to be translated into Korean. What? And so this is like my first translated... But also, it's such a sweet, tender thing from God. This is going to sound funny to our listeners, but I know your wife, Christy, will appreciate oh, this. Yeah. I love <laughs> Korean dramas, and I love Korean culture, yep, and yep. a lot of my friends are are South Korean, and I, this to me is just like a little gift that God was like, the so first cool. language it gets translated into is that language of all language. So, so I, cool. we're making a joke, but now I feel a little bit like I'm, yeah, I'm like you are, just one remove from, from BTS that's right, now. That's right. So, For those yeah. of you guys who don't know my wife christy is is half korean yeah and so she is also obsessed with korean dramas it's hilarious yeah she and i text about it quite a bit but make sure you pick up aubrey's book big feelings day and while you're at it go ahead and follow us on instagram you can follow nothing is wasted at nothing is wasted ministries you can follow me at davy blackburn you can follow aubrey at obsamp and we would love to interact with you there. We want to thank Sleeping yep. at Last for providing all the music for the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. You can go download or stream his music. Anywhere music can be downloaded and streamed. Make sure if you watch this on the tubes, YouTube, mm. that is, make sure to uh, subscribe. Make sure to rate and review this. We would love for you to yeah. drop a review there in Apple Podcasts, that app. That would be incredible. We'd love to hear your yep. stories. And next week, we have an, just, I mean, a phenomenal conversation with Dr. Russell Moore. This is very exciting. I very really exciting. like Russ Moore. That's so right. This is very fun. He's yep. going to be on the podcast. Yeah, so listen to this little clip from our conversation with Dr. Russell Moore. That calling to ministry persisted mm -hmm. uh, for a long time. And it was, and so I, when I concluded I really wasn't going to be able to get away from this, um, I was really, really apprehensive about telling my dad uh, because my dad was a pastor's kid. Mm. He grew up in a parsonage. Uh, he had seen all of the dark underbelly of uh, of church life mm -hmm. in a way that I had not. Mm -hmm. um, I knew that there were things that went on, but I was safely protected from mm. that. Mm -hmm. um, and he wasn't because, you know, the business meetings spilled over into his kitchen mm. and he kind of saw what his dad had to live through. So I was talking to him about this almost the way that somebody else might be telling their dad, hey, I was arrested mm. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. So I went in and um, told him about it and he said, well, 
He said, I'm going to say this, this time and only this time. And if you decide uh, to go forward, then I'm going to support you and you are never going to hear this again from me. And that is, I wish you wouldn't do it because I, I, I've seen how my dad was hurt mm. um, by the church. And he, he said what he needed to say, and then he said, but I'll support you completely. And he did. Mm. And uh, that's one of the things that I really learned from my dad about parenting and just about life is he, he never— I mean, there were all kinds of times when there would have been— uh, you know, even if just in kind of a veiled, passive-aggressive sort of a way to say, yeah, see, this is what I was mm-hmm. talking about in uh, 1993. Uh, but he never did, not one bit, not even a hint of it. 